You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass, the radio show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively on internet radio station octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen to the program during our broadcast time. The show is brought to you by Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for the show is to help you, our listening audience, make better decisions. If you're listening to the program live today and you'd like to join in the conversation, either with Rob from ZipBuds later in the interview, probably around 25 or 30 after the hour, or with our first guest, who we're going to get to in a minute, then simply find the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. Log in with your Twitter handle. This will connect you to our nerve center. Today, our producer is, let me look, Paul Roberts. And he'll be able to communicate directly with you, possibly bringing some of your thoughts, ideas, and questions to mention, which I might be able to work into one of the two interviews. Our first guest today is from Mag Magnet Incorporated. Steve Azokar is my guest, and I'm welcoming him to the program. And I'm getting a finger sign from my producer that says I might have mispronounced your last name, Steve, in which case I humbly apologize and would ask you to give us the correct pronunciation before we begin the interview. It's pronounced Azokar. Okay. You you got pretty good, actually. I'm sorry? You did pretty good, actually. No, not in my producer's eyes, and we'll move forward now, my friend. Tell us about your – before we get into your firm – the interesting, innovative products you have, kind of the the niche and marketplace that you serve. Before we get to all that, let's talk a little bit about you. Can you tell us a bit about your professional history that predates what you're doing today, Steve? Yeah. I um, never went to college or anything like that and uh, pretty much got into construction right around about 20 years old. Started working as a framer, carpenter, you know, started the bottom of the ladder, I was a laborer, and then you work your way up, and then once you, you know, they feel like you're a good enough worker, they decide they're going to start letting you learn something. So pretty much spent the last 24 years or so of my life working in construction as a carpenter. And then uh, about 10 years of being a carpenter, and then I moved up into being a foreman and, you know, ran quite a few, you know, good-sized projects. We built homes, you know, done some uh, condominium projects and stuff like that. And then moved into contracting. And did that for the last, like, five or six years. But doing that for about, like, actually about eight years down here in San Diego. But then with the economy kind of slowing down and all, I, uh, you know, looked for something different to do. I actually kind of stumbled upon what it is I came into for my new business. Stumble upon it, Steve. Well, I, um, when I was a kid, I used to go shooting at my uncle's ranch and, you know, I was never into hunting, but I did enjoy shooting firearms. It was fun for me. And uh, a few years back, we were, uh, a couple of buddies of mine, we were really into the airsoft sport. Are you familiar with that? It's just that uh, 
very uh, realistic-looking BB guns that shoot plastic BBs, and it's actually a pretty big sport all over the world, actually. And uh, so I've gotten into buying a few of those, and you know the you know the realistic-looking, you know, military-looking type rifles and stuff like that, and it was a lot of fun. And then one day I went to a gun store and realized that for the money I was spending on the fake ones, I could actually buy a real one. So I thought, what the heck, I'm going to buy one. So I did and bought a couple. And then about five years ago, my wife asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and there's one particular gun I wanted. I wanted a SIG 5.56, and she got it for me. And on that particular rifle, there's a in, – in California, there's a law that – on the semi-automatic rifles, such as like an AR-15 or a SIG 5.56, you are required to have a non-detachable magazine, which means basically the rest of the country gets to push the regular button that releases the magazine. This 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 law basically came up to uh, slow down, I guess, loading of firearms, the ammunition into the firearm. And so they have a bullet button, and what this bullet button is is it's this little kind of oblong-looking you know, it's a, a aluminum shaft, and in the center of it, there's a hole. You have to stick something in it, and they call it a bullet button, because typically you would use the tip of a bullet to stick in there. It releases the magazine, and then you can put another magazine in. And I went out shooting my new gun for the first time, and the first couple times I did it, I'm like, this is really frustrating, because if you buy a box of ammo, it comes in a box of 20, you know, even numbers, and each magazine can only carry 10 rounds. So if you loaded them all in, when you're ready to reload, you kind of looked at the whole thing and went, wait, wait, what am I doing here? And you'd have to pull one out of your magazine and then stick it in there. And I thought, this is really, really lame. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I should come up with something. And so the original idea was actually like a little rubber tip on my finger where I epoxied a, you know, a little, like, say, eighth-inch by three-eighths of an inch little, like, rubber cylinder and just kind of did that, goofing around, and it worked really well. So I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. And then from there, I kind of was talking to my father-in-law one day, and we suddenly were talking about this, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I really want to do this. I think it would be a cool thing to sell. And so he mentioned something, and then it triggered all of a sudden. It clicked to me. This is how I need to design it. So then I got with him, and we, um, I went up to his. He's a jeweler, by the way. And he has one of those 3D machines where you can sit there and, Basically, I can describe what it is I want, you know, the shape of it all, and then we add in, you know, how many millimeters and this and that. And it's like a CAD machine. And once you punch it in, you see the shape you like. It's got all the dimensions and everything on there. Then you pretty much push a button, and it will automatically carve out that particular piece in a piece of wax. And then, you know, you know, half hour later, you get this little piece. So we, we did it and made our first prototype. I actually had a simpler prototype, but that's the first one I had of the actual design that's on the market now. Mm-hmm. And then we did a second one. I came back home, checked it. It, it needed a few adjustments, called him, told him what to do, and he did it. And here we are. You know, That's how I came up with the idea. Are you an inventor? Is this the first product that you invented like this, or do you have other things that you've done in your past for either personal or for friends or... No, it's just it's the first time I'd ever done it. So, I mean, it was all new to me. I mean, you you come up with this idea, and, of course, you know, the, the type of product I have, I, I saw, you know, I went and sought some legal advice from quite a few different attorneys to look at it. What do you think? Is it okay? Can we sell it? And everybody said, yeah, no problem. So then I started the patent process, and that's a little long and drawn out. I, you know, 
you'll learn in business. I think one of the main things I learned with that whole path process was is I went and, and I found a guy that, you know, he seemed legitimate and like he knew what he was doing, and so I met with him. And looking back on it all now, I should have gone straight to an attorney, a law firm and have them handle this because there are certain things that are going on now that this guy just wasn't really wasn't really getting. So he was costing me time and money. And at the end of the day, I still ended up having to hire a law firm to come in and take over and get it all handled for me. But that actually all worked out really well. I hired them about five months ago, and we got the allowances last week. So I have two, a design and a utility patent that are uh-huh. have been allowed. So basically, I just give them a check, and I get my patent numbers. So, Sweet. You know, kind of a new, you know, you're new to it. You've never done it before. If you don't have anybody to mentor you, you right. you make all the mistakes like everybody else does. You look for the way that's going to save you the money that you want to try to save, and sometimes in the end that ends up hurting you. So, you know, so, you learn the hard so- the the firm your firm name is Mag Magnet Incorporated, yeah. correct? Okay. Yes. And and tell me how you came about the name. What is the significance of that? Well, the the, the original idea was the fingertip thing, and so I I just kind of wanted to try to come up with something kind of catchy. So the uh, the Mag Magnet, it's a magnetic tool that releases a magazine, a gun magazine. So I just kind of figured Mag Magnet. You know, and, and that's just the way it came. I, um, the fingertip thing was also, um, I was going to call that trigger finger. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, to me, I'm like, ah. And, and, and the thing was, is really, to make these and, and sell them, I would have been able to produce the fingertip one. Probably, it would have been a lot harder for me to produce that one on a large scale. Which, and by the way, I, I don't sell tons of these things, but... I am lucky, and since my father is the father-in-law is the jeweler, and he's got the original thing, and he's got the mold, and it's just a plastic injection mold that we make these things for. So Mag Magnet seemed to be the cool name, so, you know, I went and got the business name and then started the corporation and just came up with Mag Magnet, and it seems to resonate, I guess, because everybody, a lot of people in the gun industry know about it. And I'm going to hold you right there, Steve. Because that's that's my next question. This is a very well-defined niche that you are pursuing with your product. So I'm going to ask you to talk to our audience a bit about how you're out marketing your product. But first, we're going to take, ladies and gentlemen, a short sponsorship break to spend a little bit of time with a couple of our sponsors. When we come back, that question Steve's going to answer, and I have a few more for him. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step 
Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass, the radio show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You know, this show is one in our series of Critical Mass radio shows. In addition to this show on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., on Wednesdays we air our show featuring Orange County nonprofit organizations and their leaders. On our Thursday show, which airs at 3 p.m., our nationally syndicated show, Critical Mass Coast to Coast, features all in mid-market business leaders from across the country. All shows can be heard live on this radio station, as well as rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and the other podcasting services we use. All shows can be found also on our website, which is Critical Mass. For for business.com. All right, Steve, let's get back and talk with you about how you are marketing your product into that very well-defined niche. What have you done so far, and what are you planning to do? Well, we started off basically just going to gun shows. I, um, you go, you rent a table. We, you know, came up with a cool-looking sign that you know you can prop up and. We just sit there, and guys would come by, and we would show the product and show how it works. And we still, to this day, we've been selling for about three years now. Guys still come and go, "Wow, that thing's so cool!" And it, and it's even funny. I mean, guys are like, "Did you invent this?" Oh yeah, you know. Oh my gosh, you're a genius! And and, and I just laugh and I go, "Really? No, not at all." I just, I had a good idea, and and it just it clicked for me. I think everybody probably has good ideas all the time. They just don't act on them, and I, I think that's a critical thing there. You need to act on any ideas you have. So we did the gun show thing, and then as I started to see that the project was, you know, well-received, I also went ahead and started calling gun stores all throughout California and just cold-calling owners and just asking them, you know, Mom, so-and-so, this is the product I have, this is what it does, would you be interested in carrying it? And, you know, we've actually got quite a few accounts of dealers here in California. And so we did it that way. And then after a while, I started thinking, you know, maybe I'll do some sort of a hire an advertising agency, the search engine optimization or something like that to sort of help us. Because we started our website back in like about three months after we actually started selling at the show. And it, it seems to have worked. I mean, the last company I had, I, I stopped using and I decided to go in another, another direction, which is with Berkman and Associates down here in San Diego. We're really pleased with them. They're doing a really good job. 
um, uh, advertising our company. So for now, we've we've done that, and uh, we actually got quite a bit of uh, news coverage a little while back, but uh, it just kind of threw us into the limelight a little more with the right people that we want to be involved with and doing business with. So that's pretty much about what we've been doing now, uh, up until now, and I don't think we have any cha- plans of changing anything yet. So let me ask you um, a different question, kind of in a different area. We all have challenges in our in our businesses as entrepreneurs and business owners. I like to ask our guests if they can kind of think of a current example that you're or a challenge that you're facing of an you know example of a challenge you're facing and share that today with our audience. Steve, you know what is the challenge, but also what are you doing about it? How do you plan to you know not let that challenge affect your business too significantly? Well, I, I, I think with the, the allowances and my patents coming through recently, that's really helped things out for us because we actually had a few guys come out, and one particular guy actually knocked off my product 100%. And I, you know, a good friend of mine in the business called me. He knew about it, let me know. I contacted the guy that was doing it and asked him to stop. So he changed up his design. That kind of stuff has happened like on three or four different occasions with a few different companies now that are doing it. But with my patent, I'll be able to go now and stop them because I have a design and a utility, which should shut them down altogether. And the real issue I've had is because I've become pretty well-known in my industry, what I'm doing, a lot of these little guys have been out at the shows, and they're giving uh, bad information. They're not really educating people on some of the rules and regulations that come along with this type of tool. And so and, 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 and what's actually happened is we've gotten some backlash on some of the forums that I thought would have been more in favor of my product. We've gotten some, you know, bad bad stuff being said about us and all that. But with the patent being there, me being able to stop these other guys, I can actually take control of the market more for my product because I should be the only one that's out there selling anything like it because of the utility patent I have on it. So um, that's probably been about the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, you come up with an idea, you get it out there, and somebody tries to steal it. And it, that's the, the thing you run risk with is until you have your patent, people can come in and, and, and copy your idea, at least until you get the patent. So. And you're not the first entrepreneur on the show who has faced into that challenge, and, and it's a, a huge advantage to have those patents. But as you know, you also have to put the energy into def- finding the people and defending it and, and persuading them to stop. And it is distracting as an entrepreneur from what you're just trying to do, which is sell more of your product and maybe create other products for your customers. Yeah, and actually we, we do have a couple of other things. We I have a partner with of mine now that we're actually coming up with something coming out here hopefully in the next couple of weeks which will be for firearms, it'll be paintball guns, and also the airsoft. And it should actually hopefully go international. So, you know, that that presents a whole other issue of, you know, patent issues. We can't really patent the idea because of the nature of it, but we can do something to protect it to some degree. So we we know going into this next one, everybody's going to probably jump on the wagon and and, and, and steal our idea, and use it. But uh-huh. the way we plan on really trying to be better than everybody else is by better design, good logo, better marketing, 
and hopefully just kind of being the first ones to get out there and really do it anyways and become, you know, recognizable only by our name and design and and the logo that we carry. So, I mean, that's what do you do with something like that? You, you just you go with it. So that's that's an exciting next step in your product evolution. It, I'm going to ask you, like, my sense is, because we do talk about that this here on Critical Mass Radio Show, that I believe that entrepreneurs really benefit from understanding what their original niche is and spending their time marketing to that niche. Because, you, you know, you have limited time and money to be able to reach people, and you want to try to sell to the most likely prospects first, which clearly you've been able to do with your first product. The second product sounds like it has a larger uh, market appeal, bigger market, which is exciting, but it's also, you're still a small company, right? How do you reach yeah. those? How do you plan to reach the potential that exists within this second generation product? And I'm not asking for any secrets that, you know, the things that you're planning to do that you're not comfortable talking about. No, no, no. It's, it's actually going to be very similar to what we've been doing. The only difference being is instead of me cold calling, you know, gun stores in California, airstop guys, paintball guys, we're going to have, we've already got a few guys now that are really excited about our product, and they're willing to get out there and start selling this stuff, traveling all over the country, and do this for us. I mean, I actually have one of my, my partners get friends as a framing contractor down here in San Diego, and this guy is like, hey, I'm ready to quit everything tomorrow and start selling your product because I believe in it. And wow. and so we're, we're excited at the fact that we can go at it by having salesmen go all around the country and do this for us and, you know, pay them the way we pay them. But also I'll go through Berkman Associates and have them get us and advertise for us throughout all the, the gift magazines. And see, the thing is with my product I have now, it's it's sort of a hard one to really market because it is the California little niche market. AR-15s, and it, it's not like you can go to all the big gun magazines in, in the U.S. and say, "Here, put this in your product." Well, what for? Most other most other states in the, in the in the U.S. don't even acknowledge California as far as firearms stuff and things like that go because we've got such strict strict laws over here. So, by this being a product that's it's it's not a fire, it, it may work with firearms and airsoft and paintball. It's not particularly just for firearms. So it'll be way easier to market. So that part of it we're pretty excited about because it's it's not going to be as difficult as my little product is. I mean, it, it, this is more like the, the mag magnet is. When somebody sees it, they want it, or they hear about it, they want it. And I can only go to that little, you know, AR-15 group in California. But this other one will go all over the U.S. And, in fact, we're even, we've even talked to a few people about trying to market this thing in other countries because... Uh, airsoft and paintball is really big in, in the European countries. Did you have any sense when you first realized as you were shooting your rifle that you need that there, so there was something like this that needed to be developed that you know a couple of years later you'd be here with this product and working on your next generation product like you are? Um, yes, and the, the next generation product is actually not anything near what my original invention is, but I did sort of feel like, I just felt like if I did this, it would, it would be well received and people would buy it. And so I, I really kind of felt like, you know, two or three years down the line, I would, 
it would be a, a pretty decent little business for him. And so, I mean, I kind of always had the confidence that it would be. Great. If someone wanted to learn more about your product and get ready for the next release of your next generation product, how do they find you online? What's your website? It is ar-magmagnet.com. Or you can email me at magmagnetinc at gmail.com. Well, I appreciate the fact that you were uh, ready to be on the program. You gave us great answers to some interesting questions, I think, and we learned a little bit more about your space, and I think your experience in growing a niche and moving into a larger market is transferable to many different entrepreneurs out there. So, so thanks for being a good role model for the other entrepreneurs who listen to our program, Steve. Okay, Rick. Rick, one last thing. Um, I, if anyone ever wants to contact me, I do have another idea that's a household item. And if somebody wants to talk to me about it and possibly become an investor or something like that, tell them to email me. I've got another really good idea, but I'm too busy with the one we're working on right now to get started on that yet. So, yeah. Uh, look at you, that. man. You're like an idea machine now. <laughs> well, I think if you get into this, my sister told me before she passed away, she said, look, once you tap into your brain the way you are now, use your imagination, and hopefully you'll do many things like this, So. Hopefully that's where it stays. Thank you. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Awesome. Thank you, Rick. Have a good day. You too. I love having inventors on the program and entrepreneurs. I like all the guests that we have here on Critical Mass, and maybe I haven't mentioned it, or possibly you weren't aware. I myself wasn't aware until last week that we, at our three properties of Critical Mass radio shows, we've had over 600 guests interviewed in the four years that we've been doing these programs. Thank you to the community of thoughtful business leaders around the country who have given of your time to share your experience and ideas with our audience. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, our second company will be featured. ZipBuds is the company. I think you're going to find their technology interesting. You probably maybe even have seen them, if not purchased them. And uh, my producer has given me the thumbs up. It looks like our guests are ready to go. So, Stay tuned for another interesting interview here on Critical Mass Radio Show after these words from our sponsors. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch, too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit him online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. 
It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. If you've not had a chance to see our show, Critical Mass TV show, then you should. I would encourage you to consider taking the time to watch the latest episode. Yes, there is a latest episode just released this morning, hot off the editorial presses. The latest edition of Critical Mass TV is now up. It's on YouTube. It's on iTunes. It can be found off of our website. Our guest for this show is Jeff Shattuck, president of Dot Fulfillment. We have some very interesting video of his operation. He is a fulfillment house here in Orange County, California, Premier facility. We talk about technology and what's going on in his industry. It's about seven minutes. Exciting video to behold, and he's a great guest. And I would ask you to take some time. Maybe find it on my website, Critical Mass, M-A-S-S, for business.com. Okay, let's turn our attention to our second guest. And we actually have two, the founders of this company. The company is ZipBuds. And I understand that we have Rod and Eric, Rob and Eric on the program. Hi, Rob and Eric. It's nice to have you on Critical Mass Radio Show. Thanks. Nice to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, let's talk a little bit. I know you two gentlemen, uh, lifelong friends, came together, had an inspiration. This is There's a theme to this show, ladies and gentlemen, and that's um, people who saw a need and created not only products but companies that back those that, that need up. But give me a sense for kind of your background, guys, how you – you know, how you finally evolved to the point where you decided to create products and build a company. And take us back a little bit before ZipBuds. Uh, sure. Well, before ZipBuds, uh, I was still attending school at the Boca University here, and uh, Rob was actually playing poker for a professional living here. And, uh, you know, we've always been the guys who bounce ideas off of each other and uh, always coming to each other with different business ideas. And, and uh, we saw an opportunity and kind of kind of went for it. And I guess that's kind of the nature of being a, an entrepreneur is, is seeing a, a open niche and, and filling it. Yeah, actually, to, to follow up on what Eric said, he he actually got the very first iPhone when it first came out before it was the cool phone to own. And he gave me a call and said, man, I think this thing is going to be enormous. And I guess he was kind of right. And uh, the speaker on it was really lousy. So... We went out, set out to create a portable speaker system, and that's when we, we came together in business for the first time. So that was in 2008. Yep, and since then we've been um, changed from making speakers to making earphones and headphones, and that's where we're at right now with ZipBuds. And, and the niche we saw for this is that uh, the constant problem that everyone has with earphones is the tangled cables. You know, you take it out of your pocket and you spend five minutes untangling them. So with ZipBuds, they never get tangled, and it's amazing sound quality, and they're just pretty awesome and amazing to look at. Okay, so 
I'm going to back you up a little bit because you said something that I, I love differentiation and I love the fact that you guys have it and you know it. Explain to me why your earphones don't get tangled up. What, what's the, tell us about that. That's pretty easy. So when basically we knew that we wanted to expand into the headphone and earbud market, we locked ourselves in a room. We said, what's the problem? Kind of like Eric was uh, alluding to right there with earbuds that we can fix. And, and we came up with the idea of actually building zipper teeth onto the cables because we can't stand when our earbuds get tangled. We went through multiple different rounds of testing and, and trying different uh, methods of getting the zipper teeth on the cables until we, we came with, up with the one that uh, we actually moved forward with. We knew it had to be lightweight, flexible, um, and add a little bit of a sense of a style and color to the product as well. Um, so when you're not using the earbuds, you can actually zip the two cables together and bundle them up. And, you know, good luck getting them tangled once they're zipped up. It's almost impossible. Okay, who's the engineer between the two of you? Neither of us are actually engineers, but we do. We are very involved in the design process. Uh, we outsourced our engineers. Um, a gentleman named Mike Clasco helped us along the way with a lot of the different stuff that we've done. And we just we like to be really hands-on with it. Neither of us has an engineering background, but uh, we definitely put our two cents in as often as possible. Okay, so, so you don't need to be an engineer. I asked that question hoping neither one of you were engineers because I think, again, we try to inspire our audience through the examples of our guests. Uh, you guys had a good idea. You hit upon a way to solve a problem, and you set about finding resources that could help you realize who had the technical expertise you needed to go from idea stage to product stage is what I'm hearing you say. Exactly, and, in fact, we do that with a lot of the stuff we do, um, you know, my background, both of our backgrounds are in business, and what we do now, we really learned pretty much almost nothing for it in, in college, you know. It's been a long experience, to say the least, but but that's a good point. You know, you don't have to be a background in, in engineering. You don't have to be in, into electronics. You know, we landed, we like gadgets. We enjoy using and purchasing gadgets and cell phones and all the stuff that goes with them. But neither of us had a background in designing or manufacturing uh, these style of products. So it's definitely not something you need if you have the uh, drive to go out and, and find the people that can help you get to your goal. You guys are in a very competitive space with some really big players because of the size of the potential of the market. So help our audience to understand what are you doing with your firm that allows you to create differentiation and compete successfully against what must be significantly larger firms in your space? Uh, sure. You know, that's kind of the, the, the key core concept here with ZipBuds is the differentiation that we bring to the table. Uh, with the, our intellectual property, we're the only ones that can bring different integrated cabling to the table here. Uh, and, you know, it not only solves that tangled cables problem, but it also looks amazing doing it. Uh, that's the big thing with earphones and headphones right now is they're becoming a fashion accessory, uh, especially the big over-the-ear headphones. And you, you'd be hard-pressed not to see, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people every day of the week at the airport rocking their big over-the-ear headphones and, and all the kids are wearing them at school. So... By adding the zipper cabling, you know, we're solving that, that tangled cables problem, and we can also add colors uh, and do different cool things that no one else can do. 
to build on what Eric was saying, um, you know, that was kind of we started that point with a full understanding. That, look, we're a small business. We're not Beats. We're not Skull Candy, who everybody's familiar with, and they have multi-million dollar marketing budgets. And uh, we needed to bring something different to the table. We couldn't just make another earbud or another headphone. So, yes, the zipper was our way into the market. Other than that, it's been a really guerrilla-style, grassroots, kind of underground marketing approach to everything has, has been how we've, we've kind of broken into the market. And we're just starting to get traction now. That I mean, I don't even know if you want me to get into the, the retailers and the distribution game, but it's very difficult to get in, to say the least. It's not just money that will get you uh, into these stores. I, I guess that's where I was going. Not only you know creating your space and being able to get your voice heard and your great ideas seen by potential customers, but also there's a defined uh, way that consumers buy these products, and, and you've got to be where they're at the point of purchase where they're making these decisions. And so it, you, you know you do need to figure out if how, how you were able to do that. And it sounds like um, you guys are, are able to do that. But at some point also to scale the business, you do need to be in more places than, than an entrepreneurial company maybe can be at given the demand for earbuds and over-the-ear headphones. And, I mean, this market is just blowing up. Right. And, and I guess a, a better answer to the question you asked, um, what we've done from day one and the more we've gotten into this, the more we've, we believe in this is surround yourself with people that have been there and done that and that can, you know, help teach you the, the ropes, essentially. Because when we started, I, I was under the impression that you make a cool product, you get it made and manufactured, people like it, they're going to buy it. But that's just not how it works. Um, there's a million other steps in between the, the creation of the product and the purchase by the consumer. And one of our biggest assets has been the ability to pick uh, crucial partners that really have come through for us, you know, weeding through the people that are just talk about the pie in the sky and the people that can actually deliver on what they say and surrounding ourselves with people with that, with that experience that could help, you know, get us familiar with everything has been a huge, huge benefit for us. I liked all the answers, and you kept putting finer points on it as we went through it. So thanks for bearing with me and, and, and giving us your perspective and experience because, again, this is a common challenge for most entrepreneurs who have a great idea. It's, it's dancing with the giants, you know, not getting crushed by the elephants. Speaking of elephants, right. we're going to take a short, we're going to take a short sponsorship break, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you, I'd, I'd like to get a little bit more about this idea of earbuds and headphones as accessories and apparel, and then also a little bit about, you know, what are you getting from a recognition within the industry? Because I, I, my experience also says that hot entrepreneurs who have a good idea, people within the industry start to catch on and, and maybe make overtures to you. So, again, I'm not asking for anything confidential, but I'm just, to, for the audience to learn, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that, guys, before we end the uh, interview here on Critical Master Radio Show. After this time out. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business -business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions 
presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show with Rick Franzi. This is our last segment for today's show, and I have two entrepreneurs who are creating differentiated products, technology, and getting recognized in a hyper-competitive, fast-paced industry, which you guys earlier said, I don't know if it was Robert, Eric, I don't remember now, but talking about how your, your space has moved into kind of fashion apparel. Did you see that coming? How fast did that happen? And, and you know, what do you think that means for your space, your industry? Yeah, Rick, we did mention that. Um, I, we knew it from the beginning uh, when, we, when we got involved with the earbud and headphone market because of other companies like Skullcandy and Beats. You know, they, Skullcandy had really set a precedent when they, they basically slapped cool marketing and bright colors onto earbuds and just knocked the ball out of the park. Um, it, it was a trend that had been building speed for, for a few years before we actually got into the space. And we knew that we had an opportunity to build on that because adding the zipper to the cables does add a little bit more real estate, and it gives you a little bit more pop when you're wearing the product. So we knew that our product would be just as much a fashion statement as it was a quality audio device. All right. So let's talk a little bit about for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So in an industry where you're muscling your way in through guerrilla tactics and you're getting recognition and some visibility and people are developing a preference, what you do as pushback or reaction from, and I'm not asking you to name names, but just from the industry. Because, you know, I mean, every, every industry is competitive. You guys are in a really competitive space, not only because of the um, products that you're making, but the clients that you're selling to. You know, there's 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 a lot of... Uh, turnover, I would think, as well in, in kind of the products that you're selling? Um, the best answer I'd have to that is that we really haven't had too much pushback, especially from rec- like big recognizable brand names. I don't think we've quite hit that level yet. Hopefully I can change that answer in the next six months. What we have had a lot of is companies that have asked to license our technology um, and actually companies that have just straight off ripped off our technology and and so thanks to our patents, both design and utility and the protection, and another thing you can tell your budding entrepreneurs is a quality law firm is worth their weight in gold. And solidifying your, your protection with these patents and making sure it's done right is invaluable to your success. Um, it's made it possible for us to get as far as we have already, and, and it will make it, continue to make it possible for us to, to become a household name because these companies that have basically knocked off our products, we've been able to shut them down through the through the legal process. And that that's kind of the biggest uh, the biggest backlash or, or resistance or, or difficulty that we've met kind of in the response to your question. How fast did that happen? Do you remember? Like the first time you saw a product you went, What the, that's our product. 
it's probably a couple months. Uh, you know, I'd always that's part of the competitive advantage uh, is that you know, well, they're working on their first generation of the product. We were already working on our third generation of the of the product. So uh, it was it was a couple of months, um, and I think we saw it at, at a CES for the first time. And then after that, you know, another one pops up here or there, and it's just you know shutting them down as quickly as they could start up. So. And I think it's important to note that we do all our manufacturing in Asia, and building a solid foundation out there is also extremely important if you're going to be doing business in Asia. Um, you know, it was a learning process for us. The initial factories that we worked with are nowhere near the level of competency and security and uh, trust that we have with the factories that we currently work with. And I think that's kind of where the shortcoming was. Um, a disgruntled factory that we left to go on to something bigger and better probably leaked our technology to multiple companies, and they start showing up with it quite often, I'm sure, not even knowing that we it was ours to begin with. That's very That makes a lot of sense, and that's very plausible, and I can understand how that might happen. Talk to us about the future. Where do you guys see the company going we're going to have you back on at some point in the future what's going to be you know what makes up zip buds what what do you when you get together and you talk about your big hairy audacious goal what do you what do you see for this brand and for this business oh well we're taking a lot of steps to make our brand a household name i mean it's it's pie in the sky thoughts from from day one but we've actually positioned ourselves really well to actually make that happen um it'll be the biggest home run I've ever hit if we get there, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, that's that's our goal. And we're really – we've had a few options where we could have sold out, essentially, and taken the easy route, you know, taken the licenses from a few pretty decent-sized players and just sat back and collected a smaller check. But, you know, we wanted something we could be proud of. We wanted something that we could, you know, kind of build a little a little empire within this industry. And, and that's where we're headed, and we're looking forward to the day – that we get to see people walking down the street wearing our products and enjoying them and having a good time with them. That's got to be a tough decision, though, when somebody comes with cash and money and a and an easier ride. You know, let me license it and take the heavy lifting off of you and just collect the royalties. I mean, I I recognize you guys are steadfast in what you want to do, and I applaud you for that. But I also recognize there's that other side of your voice in your head that says well maybe this is you know maybe this is a good deal maybe this is the right time so i I would imagine there was a little bit of deliberation that you had to go through or maybe there wasn't any maybe it was an easy decision for both of you there was a little uh, deliberation only because you know i we both believe that you should always explore every option and with thoroughly before you make a decision on it so we did deliberate but ultimately it came down to the fact that we're, we're well aware that what we're doing right now is a very difficult road and the odds are against us from day one but we are also took a calculated estimation that we could could make this happen and you know we literally put our whole lives into it there's three of us here on a daily basis justin lou is the other person and the three of us put our entire lives into this and we're all competent in this area now and we know that we can make it happen we at least i'd like we'd like to give it a shot you know Oh, it sounds like you're making a you're making a lot of progress, giving it a great shot already. It's, I'm so glad that you um, both have a, agreed to be on the program today. I will be following your company more closely now that we have this relationship. I wish you nothing but continued success. Thanks for being 
uh, a friend of the program. If someone would like to find out more about ZipBuds, how do they find you online? You can find us at zipbuds.com, Z-I-P-B-U-D-S.com, or facebook.com slash zipbuds, and follow us on Twitter at, at zipbuds. And thanks All for right. having us. We really appreciate it. Well, my pleasure. Thank you both. I appreciate it, Rob, and thanks, Eric, for being on the program. Continued success. Thanks, Rick. Have a good one. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the interviews that we did today. <clears throat> there was a theme here. We had entrepreneurs who created businesses based on an opportunity that they recognized, the need, and they did the right thing at some point to make sure that they, for the kind of products that they're building, they had protection for their intellectual property and for their um, manufacturing, et cetera. So be, recognize that as an entrepreneur with a good idea, you may need to spend money in advance of the revenue to make sure that you've protected your property. That's probably one of the major takeaways that I had from today's show. Very interesting guest. And I hope it's provided you, our guests, with ideas and information that you can use to make better decisions. This show was brought to you by Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The producer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Oh, and our audio engineer is Mike Boyle. Sorry, Mike. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, then please check out our website, www.criticalmassforbusiness.com. So this is your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to speak, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. Mm -hmm.